It's the Real Roots Radio podcast, on-demand content highlighting the best information and entertainment from the Real Roots Radio team. Here's Daniel Mullen sitting down with one of today's top music makers on Real Roots Radio. Welcome back to Real Roots Radio. I'm excited to have one of Nashville's top songwriters on the air with me today, my friend, Mr. Jerry Sally. How you doing today, Jerry? I'm great, Daniel. How you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well. First things first, happy belated birthday. What was it like <laughs> celebrating a birthday this past weekend during quarantine? Well, it was quite interesting. Um, my wife had uh, planned a trip earlier this year for us to spend a week out at the Grand Canyon to celebrate it because it was a, I turned 60. I can't believe I'm that old. I, I told somebody the other day, I'd say I don't feel my age, but I don't know what I'm supposed to feel like because I've never been this old before. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, um, in lieu of that, because we weren't able to do that, um, my uh, my wife reached out to a bunch of our friends uh, that we've had over the years and family members, and she put together uh, the most incredible video of happy birthday wishes to me. And I mean, it brought me, I laughed really hard. I cried. I ended up, uh, after about the fourth one, I ended up having to literally grab a box of tissues and sit it by the side of the computer screen while we watched it. But it was just a blessing. And, uh, it was, it was a, it was a wonderful, wonderful birthday. Thanks to all those friends. That's fun. It'll truly be one you can uh, never forget, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. I even got my little, my little granddaughter Chandler is on there singing a COVID song that she wrote. The COVID, she called it the COVID virus, the COVID virus. And she did this <laughs> little, that was funny, man. It was really good. It was really cute. <laughs> Jerry Sally, of course, been one of our uh, favorite songwriters in Nashville for the uh, past several years, past few decades, in fact, had hundreds of songs recorded in the world of country and bluegrass and gospel music by everybody from Reba McIntyre to the Radio Ramblers. How That's did right. your uh, songwriting journey get started, Jerry? Well, to be honest with you, um, my daddy played five-string banjo when I was growing up, and he was a huge Flat & Scruggs fan. And um, so I was introduced to bluegrass, uh, the first music I ever heard um, from my daddy. And uh, he was not a professional musician, although he was probably good enough to, to play um, professionally. He was just too afraid to get on stage, I guess. But uh, I'm originally from Chillicothe, Ohio, just down the road there. And my dad worked at Mead Paper his whole career and his whole life. But uh, he introduced me to the music and uh, started performing when I was about 10 years old, all down through southern Ohio and the different jamborees and so forth. And um, I was 16 years old. I had, I had been introduced to Tom T. Hall's music. And uh, back then, of course, we didn't have computers. And so I'd have to handwrite all the lyrics out to learn the songs. And, and I don't know, maybe I was just a weird kid. I don't know. But I really realized writing those lyrics out what an incredible storyteller he was. Mm -hmm. And it really inspired me. So when I was 16 years old, I wrote my first song, which was a bluegrass song. And, uh, boy, I, once I started writing, I just never stopped. <laughs> what, what age were you when you moved to Nashville and tried to, uh, to tackle songwriting as a career? Well, I, um, what happened, I had actually, I, I did a record, I recorded a record in Nashville when I was 16, that, a couple of songs that somebody else had written. They kind of got me some regional airplay mm -hmm. in, in the Southern Ohio, West Virginia, Kentucky. And uh, so I, I kind of caught the bug then and uh, wrote a song for another girl in Ohio. Named, her name was Holiday Parker. She was pretty popular in uh, different areas of Ohio and the region there. 
uh, when I was a teenager. And I realized, you know, having been to Nashville once to do a little record, uh, I knew it was going to be a tough road to hoe. And, it, you know, you might be a big deal in your hometown. But when you get to Nashville, everybody was a big deal in their hometown. And so I decided to get a degree. I went to Ohio University there in Athens and got a Bachelor of Business degree. And that was uh, 1982. I graduated from college there in June, and I was living in Nashville in August. I didn't have a job. I just had a dream and uh, just packed up and moved there just as soon as I graduated. Um, Was very fortunate to land a job at a place called Opryland USA, which was a huge theme park in Nashville at the time. Yeah, and I landed a job out there in a show called Country Music USA, where we would imitate different country music stars. And uh, it just really, that's when it all really started happening for me. Um, I was... uh, I got to play Flat and Scruggs actually in the show oh, wow. with a guy named yeah yeah with a guy named Steve Chapman and he had come to town to be a gospel singer and we wrote a few songs that got well we wrote a song called Hiding Place that got him a record deal and the next thing I knew his name was Stephen Curtis Chapman oh wow <laughs> that's awesome so so I was working out there when I really started knocking on doors uh, Porter Wagner had me on the Grand Ole Opry the first time as one of his guests I got to know Minnie Pearl and Roy Acuff and uh, just it was just an incredible time in my life and uh, got to know a lot of my my heroes, you know. So I, I've got to I got to ask about this Flat and Scruggs show bit. Were you uh, <laughs> were, were you Lester or Earl? I was Lester. I was you were Lester. So Stephen <laughs> yeah. Curtis Chapman was Earl. He was Earl. But now you got to remember, he didn't have to know how to play banjo. He just had to know how to fake it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he's a Kentucky boy, so he he'd probably he seen it done enough to know how to fake it. <laughs> he uh, he's from that's, that's exactly right. He's from Paducah, you know, so he uh, he grew up on this stuff too. Oh, speaking with Jerry Sally on Real Roots Radio today, Jerry, what are some characteristics of some of your favorite songwriters that you try to apply to your own craft? Well, that's a great question. You always write, you always ask the best questions. I'm going to start getting your questions ahead of time so I can think of a good answer. Um, you know, one of the things that I've always tried to do um, is use everyday common language in my songs. Um, I'm not a flowery writer, I don't think, uh, or a Shakespeare kind of ethereal kind of writer. I try to use uh, words and common phrases that we would use if you and I were having a conversation. So that's one thing that I really try hard to do. Um, and I, I don't always accomplish that, but that's, that's my goal is to use everyday language in, in, in my songs. And, um, and I love story songs. So I really like to try to, um, to try to tell a story or, or try to have a point, you know, with the song, if I can, not all songs are, you know, are, you're able to do that with, but, um, um, Matter of fact, um, one of my most popular songs out right now that uh, a fellow that you know really well uh, recorded uh, named Joe Mullins. Um, my mom had told me that I was writing too many songs. That pe- she said, you're killing too many people in your songs. So so I decided we might should write something fun and up tempo and just have fun with it. <laughs> That's where. So we got the bacon in my beans going on just so we can have some fun and quit quit being so dark in some of these songs <laughs> but 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 i i don't know i like i like i do like ballads a lot i love to write ballads i like to write something with emotion mm-hmm. um i want people to either i want them to feel something whether it's laugh or cry 
if you can make somebody feel something in your in your songs, that's just critical to me. And uh, um, I don't know that I'm answering your question very well, but but everyday language, emotion, um, are two critical parts I think of any great song. You want the listener to be able to be able to understand it without having to have seven degrees to decipher what exactly it's, it is you're trying to talk about. Exactly. You and, and you want to. And, and the other thing about writing is, if I, I I look, I want to try to create what I call I call it the chill factor. You know, when you hear something, you get little goosebumps. Yeah. If if, if I'm writing something and I tear up, or I get those goosebumps, I get those chills. I get that chill factor. Um, then I feel like if if it's affecting me that way, if it's, if it's making me feel the emotion, that probably someone else will relate to it. So I try to write songs that other people can relate to. Jerry, your latest single you co-wrote with one of your songwriting heroes, Mr. Jim yeah. Rushing. What yes. makes him one of your favorite songwriters? And what was it like? I know you've worked with him many times over the past, but I know that it's probably a thrill every time you get to sit down and, and write songs with one of your heroes. That is exactly right. I will never forget the day we wrote that. Now, this new single is an old song. Really? Um, yeah, this was the very first song that Jim Rushing and I ever wrote. Wow. And yeah, yeah. And I had been told by my publisher, of course, I already knew his songs. Uh, he had had one of his biggest hits was a song that Gene Watson recorded years ago called Nothing Sure Looked Good on You. When oh, we were down to nothing. That's nothing a great sure one. looked good. <laughs> it's a great one. He wrote that by himself. Wow. He had written a bit he'd written several bluegrass songs, including Carolyn at the Broken Wheel Inn, which oh, was one of yes. his more popular bluegrass songs. And he had a big song with the there was a, a father daughter duo in the seventies and eighties called the Kindles. Yeah, yeah. And uh, their biggest hit was Heaven's Just a Sin Away. But Jim wrote a song called The Pittsburgh Steelers. And oh, it's S-T- yes. Yeah, S-T-E-A-L-R-E-S. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I was familiar with Jim's songs. I actually met him briefly when I was in Nashville to um, to record that record when I was 16. But he didn't remember any of that. But so fast forward to the, to the late 80s, early 90s. It was early 1990. And uh, I had an opportunity to write with Jim. And Jim was writing for Ricky Skaggs Publishing at the time. And my publisher, I was with, um, I think I was with Warner Chapel back then. And they told me, the, I remember the publisher telling me, look, he said, you better take a great idea in there to him. Because if you ever want to get back in the room with him, you better take him, bring, you know, take him something good, really good. So I had this title, Let Me Be the Bridge That Gets You Over Him. And by the time our appointment rolled around, I had two lines for the song. I had, can't you see you've cried a river that's impossible to swim? Darling, let me be the bridge that gets you over him. And that's all I had. But I felt really, I thought, man, I think that's pretty good. So I took it in. Fortunately for me, he loved it. Great. And uh, he, he worked his magic and taught me so much. And we actually wrote it hoping Ricky would record it. Um, Ricky has had it on hold a few times, but never did record it. And so on this new album that I have coming out later this year, um, I wanted to go back and take songs that I always thought I performed it for a long time and always got great reaction. And so I wanted to grab songs that I had written uh, that had never been recorded or I felt like had ever had their chance, you know, yeah. that I thought were, was a good song. So that's why I reached back and grabbed that song, and uh, I hope people enjoy it. It's very special to uh, hear a song, especially one that has such a cool story about your first collaboration with Jim Rushing. Thanks for mm-hmm. uh, sharing your time with us on Real Roots Radio today, Jerry. Really appreciate it. 
Well, thank you, Daniel. Thank you for everything you do for all of us. We just appreciate you so much, and thank you for your time. Everyone has time for good music. You got time to breathe. You got time for music. The Daniel Mullins Midday Music Spectacular, weekdays 10 to noon on Real Roots Radio.